Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. This episode is airing on Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. Hello, everyone. It's Shannon, and I am super proud of myself because you may not know this, but dates are really hard for me. I usually get them wrong um, before I get them right. And I actually said 2023 without having to redo this. So we are here for the first Bookity Tuesday of 2023 and I am super excited to be back with you sharing new books and of course sharing an author interview. December I refer to as kind of the drought of books because there were just not a lot of things out but we are back. It's January and the bookities are here ready to be read. So Let's get started. I have an interview today with author Allie Hazelwood, who wrote The Love Hypothesis in 2021 and then Love on the Brain in 2022. So we are talking about that. We talk about women in STEM. Um, it is just a really fun interview that I hope you enjoy. And then I will, of course, be talking with you about the week's new releases. So let's get into it. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Book Bistro podcast. Once there, you can post to our timeline. You can also message us privately. If you want a more social interaction, you can join our Facebook listener group, which is pretty quiet at the moment, though we are looking at some ways of possibly revamping it. If Facebook is not your thing and you still would like to hang out with us, check us out on our WhatsApp group. You can subscribe to that either by messaging us through Facebook or by sending us an email and one of us will be happy to add you. If you're looking to get a hold of us via email, you can do that by contacting the book bistro podcast at gmail.com. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro podcast. This is Shannon, and today I am talking with author Allie Hazelwood about her novel, Love on the Brain, which is scheduled to release here in the U.S. on August 23rd. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Can we start with a brief introduction to Love on the Brain so that people who haven't had a chance to read the blurb will have a little bit of an idea what to expect. Of course. Um, so Love on the Brain is my second book, and it's a rom-com set in uh, um, STEM academia. And it's the story of B, who is a neuroscientist, um, who is uh, um, chosen, she's chosen for a very important uh, project and she is selected to actually lead this project, which is great because her career hasn't been going super well. But um, the problem is that the person she's going to lead the project with is uh, um, Levi, who is her uh, grad school arch nemesis. And the book is basically oh. the story. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the twist. <laughs> the book is basically the story of the two of them trying to figure out how to, um, you know, get this project going and go where they want to go um, science-wise and, you know, collaborating. And then, of course, uh, they end up falling in love because it's a rom-com. And so, you know, yes. not a spoiler, not a spoiler, but... <laughs> not a spoiler, no, no. So I love that in um, the two novels that you've written along with the novellas, we have like all kinds of women in STEM. And I think that's not something we see a lot of in fiction, even in romance where, you know, women um, are, you know, often like the, the central characters here. We don't, we don't see a lot of women in STEM. So I love that you have brought us this, you know, kind of facet of, of what women can be. Oh, thank you so much. You know, when I was uh, um, just a reader and not a writer yet, I remember that my favorite novels were, you know, stories uh, in which the main characters kind of had something in common with me. And because at the time I was, you know, in school or in grad school, um, seeing, you know, authors like Sherry Thomas or Helen Hong oh, yeah. um, writing these books in which the main characters had these, you know, kind of passions and interests that kind of aligned with me. Um, and, you know, some were paleontologists or data scientists or, you know, but but it, it really varied a lot, but they all had some kind of uh, usually STEM passion that they really felt strongly about. And that's what they wanted to do with their lives and they had it very clear in their head. Um, that just meant so much to me. So I think that's kind of why I end up gravitating toward writing these kind of stories because um, uh, because the stories that I read that were um, centered on women in STEM felt so real and so close to me. So is your background in um, some form of science then? Yeah, yeah. So I actually um, have like my PhD was in neuroscience uh, and uh, uh, most of my research has been in neuroscience. So that's definitely where a lot of the inspiration comes from. Um, not necessarily um, what the main character in my first book did because she was a biologist. Mm -hmm. um, she was, uh, um, so that's kind of a little bit different from neuroscience, you know, but my, my second sure. character, um, the second, the, the main character in my second book, yeah, she's a neuroscientist. Um, so that's definitely uh, a big inspiration was my own um, academic history, I guess. <laughs> so do you still work in the field or do you just write now? Um, I don't mean you know, just right in the sense uh, yeah. that it's like less than, but like only as far as no, like, no, you know, no. I I totally get it. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it's uh, I actually just uh, uh, started doing this full time uh, uh, in the sense that uh, the writing full time. I mean, I I took a year off this year uh, to see uh, whether I can get a lot of writing done. If that's the only thing I do, you know, um, okay. up until uh, last year, I was still doing both things and I was doing both things really poorly. Like I was a professor and I was teaching and at the same time, I was supposed to be doing a bunch of research projects that oh. I was on. And then I had all these like writing deadlines. And of course you have to promote the book a little bit. And sometimes you get to travel, which is, you know, fantastic and a privilege, but also very time consuming. Um, and so I was like, I am being really bad, uh, 
both my jobs right now. So that's why this year I decided to like take a year off from the the teaching science job and I'm trying to see how that goes. Um, I have a lot of friends who are writing full-time and they're telling me that being able to write full-time doesn't necessarily translate into writing more. So I'm kind of trying to figure out how that works for me. Um, you know, mm-hmm. do you have kind of a, like a writing process that you use when you first sit down to like say form an idea or does it change for you with each book that you write? Yeah. You know, I'm kind of new to, new to this still because I'm only like writing. I'm still writing. I think the one that I'm writing right now would be my fifth full length book. And it's been different for everyone. Like the, there are some books that just kind of ro- roll out of you and they're like, oh my God, it's a first draft, but it already looks good and coherent. And mm-hmm. other books that you have to edit them like 40 times. Uh-huh. And uh, um, so I, I'm still figuring it out, I guess. The one, the book that I'm writing right now, I'm on deadline right now. And the one that I'm writing right now, it's definitely a very rough first draft. And I am like, okay, this is shaping up to the dif- to be a different process than any of my other books. So I guess, I guess I, if there, if I have a process, I haven't found it yet, you know? Okay. I think it's interesting. People tell me a lot that they start out writing one way And then over the course of a number of books, like that Mm -hmm. sometimes slowly, sometimes rapidly Mm -hmm. changes. And, you know, some people end up having a process that works like every time. And some people say it just very much depends on the current project. Yeah. I would love to have a process that I know works for me because I think it would be reassuring. There is always that time when I'm writing a book where I'm like, oh, this is the time that that like people will know that I can't write a book. <laughs> I always have that moment. Uh, but so I think having a process would help me kind of push through that moment. But um, I definitely still don't know what works best for me. So I, yeah, I mean, I hope that in the next couple of books, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so what do you do when you kind of come up against those moments when you're doubting you know, your own ability to do this, despite the fact that you've done it now, you yeah, know, a few right? times before. like, how do you sort of counteract that and not let it like so, totally, you know, yeah, get into that, your, your psyche? Yeah. Right. And like, like you said, you know, there is this feeling on the one hand that you're like, I've done it. And I've, I've written a book, I've published it. I've written multiple books, you know, and none of them are, not all of them are published, but like they're all in some stage of editing slash, you know, refining slash publishing so there's part of me that like tries to remind myself that I have felt this way before and then I kind of got past it and so it's just a moment don't worry it'll get better that's part of it the other part is really just kind of knowing that for me knowing that I am on deadline really helps in the sense that I'm like okay I am on a deadline and I have signed a contract and I have to deliver this book by this day. So it doesn't matter if it's not good. <laughs> I am just going to write it. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm just, I'm just going to write it. And then someone at uh, the publisher will help me fix it. So that's part of what um, I do 
to kind of get over that, my terror. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I'm gonna like, it, it really takes a village for me. I have definitely needed a lot of help um, from, you know, my editor, my agent, uh, uh, my, my edit, my, my editor's assistant, um, you know, I, it takes a village for me. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's why there are people who do those jobs. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I tell myself. Exactly. Like when I, when I turn in a draft to my editor, I'm like, okay, it's not the best thing, but also it's her job. She's probably very happy that she gets to like, tell me what to change. Right. <laughs> yes. It's, you know, I think, I think about this a lot when I read, cause I'm like, okay, you know, I wonder what the original draft, like all these things that I read, I just wonder like, what, you know, what was the mm-hmm. author's like initial vision for this? Like, how did that yeah. change over the course yeah. of them, you know, writing it? You know, I wonder the same. It's, um, it's something that I try to remind myself when I'm writing a book and I'm like, this is not good. Um, what I tell myself is, okay, this is not as good as a book that I've just read that is published, but also that book has gone through several drafts and several rounds of editing um, and probably several beta reads. And this is just the first draft. That's what I try to remind myself that mm-hmm. like um, everything that we read that has been published is probably, you know, really a labor of many people and and a lot of time and a lot of like refining. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something that I try to focus on. <laughs> so you um, have mentioned reading you know, some books featuring women in STEM. Have you always been kind of a, a romance reader or what does your reading life look like? Um, definitely. I have always been a romance reader. I started Yay. probably younger than I should have started. I think we all, like so many of us. <laughs> I think can tell you that same story. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That like that moment when you're like, uh, they're having sex and I am 12. I shouldn't be reading this, (laughs) but I loved it. So, um, there's that. And, um, yeah, so I, I was always a big romance reader and I still am. I actually, the only break that I ever took from reading romance was uh, when I started um, reading fan fiction, which, you know, I was also reading romance fan fiction, like fan fiction in which characters, you know, had like a romantic story, a romantic yes. arc. But um, definitely uh, romance make for, you know, most of my um my favorite reads of all times. I do have uh, a bunch of uh, um, like uh, favorite books that are like thrillers. I love thrillers oh, yeah. too. Thrillers are um, excellent. Yeah, right. And mystery stuff, but like definitely romance um, is my favorite genre. <laughs> do you remember what your first romance was? Uh, no, but it was uh, uh, some kind of harlequin like silhouette something oh, yeah. Mills and boone you know like those category romance novel that mm-hmm. kind of look very similar and i remember that i picked it up because the main characters were named ross and rachel and i was <laughs> into friends at the time it wasn't related like he was way older like i remember he felt old at the time and it was probably like early 2000s so um it was 
I don't know. And it felt like it was probably from the 80s. I don't even know. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it was really just, I was like, Ross and Rachel, I gotta read this. (laughs) And and it was was really cool. My very first was a Jude Devereaux um, historical, like one of the medieval ones in her her Velvet saga. Oh, Um, I love her. Yes. And I read a bunch of those like early historicals. Mm-hmm. I mean, even now, sometimes I still kind of want that feeling that comes from reading, you know, those books that were written like in the 70s Absolutely. or 80s. I mean, uh, Catherine Coulter and Judith, yes. Judith McNaught are still like huge favorite of mine. Oh, yes. Catherine Coulter. Yeah. And like some of that stuff is so problematic and you read it now and you're like, Oh wow! But then I know. Like, eh, I'm gonna let this slide because it was written a different time. <laughs> yes, a lot of it is now. Like if you read it and you look at it sort of through the lens of like what we know now about yeah. you know not only about books but just about like people and relationships. Absolutely, like, those things you know are not. No, they are probably not the not best. acceptable. <laughs> exactly. No. And yeah, it makes sense to to read them within the context of yes. the time in which they were written. Um, and a lot of them were probably very empowering at the time because uh, because, you know, most of them had really badass main characters. Um, so uh, there's that. Well, and just, you know, there was something about like those sweeping historicals that go like all over the globe. Yes. Um, and they're, they're so like long and detailed. And although there are, you know, a ton of books that are written like today that I love, I still have kind of that soft spot for, you know, the things like Virginia Henley and Virginia. Oh my Small. God. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally think of these authors as like, a huge inspiration and I am so grateful for everything that they have done for us romance writers like I I'm just like sometimes I am so honored that like I write in the same genre you know what I'm saying it's like oh, oh yeah my God, this is so cool <laughs> so do you have like a favorite trope to either read or write definitely like everything faded mates I really like okay um, I haven't really had like paranormal romance is a huge favorite of mine. I haven't really had the chance to write it yet, but I love everything written that has like, oh no, they're fated mates, but they hate each other. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Uh, It's, it's truly a favorite of mine and um, I enjoy it in, in in every like shape and form and uh, context really. Yeah, and it's something that you don't get to see a lot outside of like paranormal mm-hmm. yeah. because you can't really make it, at least I, I can't see how, like you can really make it work in like a more sort of contemporary or even like a historical yeah. genre that's, you know, set in our, in our world. Yeah. I think you need to have some kind of like magical element for it to work. So it's definitely like a niche kind of like a 
yeah, it's it's limited to certain books. I guess we have Insta Love, which I also kind of like, to be honest. Okay. Uh, but I guess Insta Love is not really the same, and it doesn't have that no. same destiny wants us to be together. <laughs> what shall we do? Type of right. Feeling. Like sometimes you can find it in like time travel. Mm-hmm. You know, because people have like something has kind of drawn true. them back in time. Yes. Yes. And so true. you can kind of um, you can kind of find it there. Yeah, like sci-fi and stuff, totally. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But it has to be something that's not like set in sort of our our reality. Absolutely. Yeah. So now that love on the brain is almost in the world, what can readers expect next from you? More novellas? So, like Yeah. You know, um so. The novellas that I published in the last few months uh, uh, are going to be collected in uh, um, in an anthology called The Loath to Love You that will be out, I think, in January. And it will be out in like paperback and they will be collected all together, to be clear. Ah. And uh, um, yeah, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, it's... Uh, uh, um, it's just nice to have them all in one place, you know? Um and uh, uh, so you, those can be found. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess uh, that is gonna be like that is gonna be out in uh, in January, and then I think my next book is going to come out next summer. Um, I am still. I'm actually in the process of editing it. Still, um, I I have my edits due to my editor this. Sunday I believe <laughs> so oh coming close yeah so close um I don't really um I don't know what I can say about it uh because of the like still in editing still things oh, might change uh-huh. Uh-huh. but I I think what is going to stay is that uh, it's about it's a story of two rival fi- physicists so it's still kind of like a rom-com set in um STEM academia um yeah um and uh yeah that's I think that's the only thing that I am reasonably sure won't be changed by by my editor well (laughs) that's fair (laughs) yes (laughs) everything else we shall see (laughs) so um for now but and, and I think again I'm not sure what the release date is yet but I think next summer Okay, well, that kind of makes sense, given that this one is coming out, you know, at the end of August. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that kind of like nicely, you know, yeah. falls in line with that, like one book, yeah. one book year. a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what they're trying to to do, like to have me on a one year, um, one one book per year release schedule. Um, is that like a workable schedule for you? Do you feel like that gives you enough time to, yeah. to do what you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it also um, has given me enough time to like work on other writing projects. And like there is some stuff that I haven't been able to announce yet, but that I'm really excited about that I have been working on on the side. I know I promise I'm not trying to be like 
a tease. <laughs> it's just my publisher doesn't let me talk about certain things, but oh, I am very excited. Publisher. I know. How dare they? How dare I know. They? They, they make all these rules to like <laughs> exactly complicate the questions I can ask people or at least the answers <laughs> they can give me. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I did, you know, it's um, I, I've had time to like fry, you know, other things that were really dear to me and close to my heart and that I really wanted to like kind of get out and put on page um so that's an opportunity that I had uh despite the fact that you know I I was under contract for all those other books Mm -hmm. so um it's a good schedule for me I think I I really enjoy it and like it yeah so I'm shifting gears just a little bit as we wind down here, but mm-hmm. what have you read recently that you think the world should know about? Oh, okay. So actually I, I, I read a lot of arcs uh, just because, Good. you know, yeah, I get beautiful. it. Yes. And uh, one that I just finished is On the Hustle by Adriana Herrera. Um, <gasps> it's so oh, good. I love her. She is amazing. And this book is fantastic. So um, I I don't know if you are into K-drama. I am very obsessed with K-drama. And uh, what I really, really like is, one of my favorite is uh, um, What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. And oh. I like to talk about this book as like a smuttier version of What's Wrong with Secretary Kim it's uh, delicious it's the story of um this uh woman who has a huge passion for um interior design and uh, um a huge talent for it as well but uh just you know to make money and pay some debt she has been working uh, as the secretary of this like real estate real estate mogul uh guy who is uh, um really kind of cold and uh, um you know um a little bit like a little bit of a dick some would say (laughs) and uh, um she finally has made enough money so she quits to pursue her dreams and he just cannot handle it he's like (laughs) excuse me, I need you. And uh, that's kind of how you find out that, you know, of course he was always super into her, super in love with her. And uh, he kind of like goes after her and it's such a good book. It's so delicious. I am in love with it. It reminded me also of another favorite of mine, kind of the premise, which is The Wall of Winnipeg and and I by Mariana Zapata. Um, It's such a good book. And so that's like, anyway, but it's it's such a steamy, delicious, fantastic book. Uh, so On the Hustle by Adriana Herrera. I think it's coming out in October, at the beginning of October. I think October. that's true. I think I, mm-hmm. I saw it when I was looking at um, October books. Because yeah. that goes with, um, isn't it like part of a series of hers? Yes. Yeah. It's actually, she's the best friend of the main character in the first series. Um, and okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. And it's because yeah, I thought I saw it like it listed there that it was part of a of a series. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
it's it's really good. I highly I highly recommend it. Um, I pro- I know it's frustrating because it's not out yet, and I feel guilty. But it's again, okay, I'm, but it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. It's close. It's so close. Um, another book that is not out yet, but I just kind of I love to talk about it with people and just have people put it on their radar is uh, um, Pride and Protest by Nikki Payne. Oh, I've not heard of this. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're going to love it. It's actually a Pride and Prejudice retelling. Um, It's coming out in, uh, I want to say November, uh, but I don't know if it's toward the beginning or the end. It's such an amazing retelling because it's it's kind of like a twist where... um, so Darcy is this kind of posh guy who <laughs> is, you know, his actual name, like like his actual name in the book is Darcy Fitzgerald, which really tells you everything. So he's yes. like the uh, heir of this like super uh, huge, famous, rich family. And she, Lizzie, is actually like an activist. And uh, they start, they meet each other within the context of he's trying to kind of like gentrify her neighborhood and she is strongly against it. And it's just such a delicious retelling of Pride and Prejudice because it's very modern. It has a very like contemporary sensibility and the sexual tension between them is so amazing. You can really feel how much they hate each other, but also how many things in common they have, how much they like each other without wanting to. And this book is just delicious and and so funny and so just like hot <laughs> you know <laughs> again highly recommended i will definitely be keeping an eye out for this then uh, we it's... do um usually every year an episode about like you know featuring some of like our favorite retellings so i will definitely have to oh my keep god this in mind ah, you should episode. um yeah, and you should like maybe talk to Nikki Payne because her second book that she's writing is uh, gonna be a retelling of Sense and Sensibility. So, oh, yeah, yes. yeah, lots of retellings. Yes, she is a master. She is just yes. really great at it. I, I am such a fan. <laughs> you know who else does really good Austin retellings is um, Sonali Dev. Oh, yes. Yeah. And her retellings are so interesting because they are like kind of like, you know, gender bent, like her dark. They are. Is, uh, yeah. It, it, it's 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 so unique. I, I really love it. Yeah. Yeah. I have her. Um, what is it? The Emma Project mm-hmm. on hold at my public library and I'm waiting for it. To, oh, yeah. Uh, to oh. appear because it looks and I love Emma just in its mm-hmm. original form. So I'm really excited to see what she does with it. Emma is so amazing. And uh, Emma retellings are always uh, the funniest, uh, most yes, hilarious. Uh, um, because Emma is just like a funny character. Uh, even though, yeah, even when, maybe maybe because she's often really punchable in a way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like she's very sort of awkward, like a yes. little... A little over the top. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, I like to see her sort of brought into like more contemporary settings mm-hmm. um, and just kind of see like how people envision that. Like what would a character you know, based on Emma look like, act mm-hmm. like in like today's world? 
Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Well, I want to thank you so, so much for taking time out of your schedule, um, especially so close to your release day. Oh my God, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Before I let you dash off, can you tell listeners the best place to find you online? Um, So I'm going to be honest, I'm not really super online, online super much, uh, uh, just because I'm on deadline right now. Uh, but I guess, uh, um, on Twitter, uh, at ever so Ali on Instagram, uh, Ali Hazelwood on, uh, uh, Facebook also Ali Hazelwood and on TikTok again, Ali Hazelwood. Um, but I, yeah, I've been, uh, I haven't been super good. Like, answering comments or um replying to dms or anything like that so that's okay you're right <laughs> it's, it's uh, the power of the deadline <laughs> yes i i give you a, a pass you know if i have the the authority to like hand those out um, thank you thank you thank you i think authors get all the like social media passes <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, 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 it's what I needed to hear. <laughs> Do you um, describe photos when you put them on Instagram? You know what? I just started a, a couple of weeks ago. A friend taught me how to um, um, how to go on the advanced options and uh, um, and enter uh, the description, like the Yay! alt text. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know how to do it. I, I literally just started a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, it's actually really easy once someone tells you how to do it, but it's under advanced options, so I had never noticed it. Um, but yeah, I just started. Welcome to the club of digital accessibility. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's such a great club. (laughs) Again, this has been a discussion with author Allie Hazelwood about her upcoming novel, Love on the Brain. And this releases in the U.S. on August 23rd. All right. So let's talk about new books. I haven't done this in a while. So as always, I am starting out with a handful of books that you've heard us mention before on our most anticipated releases of January episode. And Kristen is looking forward to the new Talia Hibbert. Actually, I think a bunch of us are. This is highly suspicious and unfairly cute. Again, this is the young adult debut by Talia Hibbert. I am super, super excited for this. Then Stacy is very excited for the new Maddie Dawson. This is Snap Out of It. I am looking forward to The Bandit Queens by Perini Shroff and Back in a Spell, Witches of Thistle Grove, book three by Lana Harper, who I love with like every ounce of my being. Brooke is anticipating the new Leah Conan. This is a thriller and it is called You Should Have Told Me. So these are books that you've heard us mention previously. Let's move on to some books that we haven't talked about before. So I'm going to stick with kind of the mystery, thriller, romantic suspense here for a little bit. And I want to mention a new Jane Ann Krentz. This is Sleep No More. It's the first book in the Lost Night trilogy. And this is focusing on three women whose lives were irrevocably changed one night. The problem is 
none of them can remember exactly what happened. This is Sleep No More, Lost Night Files, book one by Jane Ann Krentz. We also have a new Rachel Hawkins. This is called The Villa. Um, Rachel Hawkins has written a lot of different things, everything from like young adult contemporary romance to um, like psychological thrillers. So this one, I think it even has like some young adult fantasy if we're thinking of like Hex Hall. Um, but this one is an adult psychological thriller. Um, she wrote The Woman Upstairs a couple of years ago, which was very, very popular. Um, but this is The Villa. Nice, you know, fancy vacations with deadly consequences, right? It's The Villa by Rachel Hawkins. We also have The House in the Pines out this week. This is a debut by Anna Reyes. It is about a woman who is wrestling with some secrets from her past, but she's also withdrawing from some medication. And so we kind of wonder if she is perhaps an unreliable narrator. You know, maybe she's not able to trust her own psyche at this point. This is The House in the Pines and it's by Anna, Re Anna Reyes. We also have a new Carol Johnstone. This is called The Black House. Johnstone wrote Mirrorland a couple of years ago, which is a very twisty psychological thriller about twins. This one, we're still sticking with the twisty psychological thriller vibe, but this is about a remote village, a deadly secret, and an outsider who knows the truth. I think I might have to like, keep this in reserve for when we do the creepy books episode at the toward the end of the year. But this is The Black House and it's by Carol Johnstone. All right, I want to switch gears here and mention a historical novel now. This is Night Wherever We Go by Tracy Rose Payton. I believe this is also a debut, and it is about six enslaved women who are on a plantation where they are staging a covert rebellion against the white people who own them. This is Night Wherever We Go by Tracy Rose Payton. And now let's round things off with some fantasy, because what is better than fantasy? I don't know. I'm going to kick this section off with the new Shannon Mayer. Shannon Mayer is amazing. She writes like a ton of stuff and her books are like super quick, compelling reads. I love her so much. So this is Golden, Golden Wolf, book one. Again, this is Shannon Mayer. And this is being billed as Loki meets the Little Mermaid, but it says it's anything but a fairy tale. So I'm very intrigued by this. Um, I love kind of retellings or reimaginings. You may know that a lot of us here on the podcast love these. So we will definitely be checking this out. This is Golden, Golden Wolf, book one by Shannon Mayer. We also have a couple of young adult fantasy novels here. This is, the first one is Song of Silver, Flame Like Night. Song of the Last Kingdom, book one by Amelie Wen Chow. Um, she 
got started with Blood Air a few years ago, which was the first book in kind of an epic YA fantasy series. And she concluded that last year. And so now we have a new series and I am super excited about this. This is actually on my short list of things to read. I guess my short list isn't really very short, but that's (laughs) neither here nor there. Um, But this one is Song of Silver, Flame Like Night, Song of the Last Kingdom, Book One by Amelie Wenchow. And I have to say that I love this title. I think this one and the Talia Hibbert title kind of tie for my favorite titles for right now. And lastly, we have The Stolen Air, Stolen Air Duology, Book One by Holly Black. And Holly Black has been writing for a really long time, but I feel like she finally got the notice that she deserves when she wrote The Cruel Prince several years ago. And so now people are paying a lot more attention to both her YA fantasy and her more adult fantasy. But this particular duology is being marketed as YA fantasy. Um, If you love Sarah J. Moss or other types of books that kind of focus on the Fae, then Holly Black is definitely someone that you should check out if you haven't already. And again, this is The Stolen Air, Stolen Air Duology, book one by Holly Black. So those are just a few of the offerings out this week. I hope all of you had a happy, healthy, safe holiday season. And I hope that you are adjusting to 2023. We will, of course, be here with you throughout the year talking about all kinds of great books because no matter what changes in the world, books are always here. And that is exactly how I love it. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.